Welcome back, everybody. A post-game edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jake Okorowski, Owen Reese here inside Camp Randall Stadium. You're hearing the cleanup crews going through the venue, the stadium right now, getting it all cleaned up after 77,003 attendees walk through uh, these hollowed entrances of, of the, you know, of Camp Randall, and they saw Wisconsin pull away, 45-14. A larger victory, little little dicey to start, Owen, and that's what that's what we'll start off start off with with our overall imper, you know impressions of the game, and a little slow to start, especially offensively, but they came back and they they really you know put away the game from there. Yeah, I think New Mexico gave the Badgers some issues. Um, their triple option offense, their ball control emphasis. Um, the first uh, first series of the game, TJ Edwards mentioned. TJ Edwards mentioned how well they executed. Um, got some blocks on the perimeter and uh, were able to sustain. It was a 17-play drive uh, for New Mexico, and that um, ate up over half of the first quarter. So really, Wisconsin's slow start was really due to the fact that they didn't score a touchdown on their first possession, which was their only full possession of the first quarter. So um, a slow start of sorts, but um, nothing to be concerned about, nothing to be overly concerned about. New Mexico plays a unique style of offense that the Badgers don't see very often and can lend itself to some odd statistics. So um, a bit of an, a, a unique start uh, to an odd scheme that New Mexico plays, but I think overall Wisconsin adjusted well and really kind of stifled them throughout the remainder of the game. Right, and you're looking at that. Uh, just some quick game notes. Wisconsin won its 20 consec- 20th consecutive regular season game. Uh, dates back to 2016. And, you know, looking at this, uh, Wisconsin to 568 total yards. That's the most since the 586-yard total Wisconsin had against Akron back on September 10th of 2016. So just, you know, gosh, you know, almost two years ago to the day, they put up nearly 600 yards of offense. But what we're going to do now is we're going to go through. We did this last time. We'll play some player interviews in between these as well. So don't worry about that. We're going to do our four-down territory segment. So with first down, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the play of the game. And, and then, you know, second down, we'll name our players of the game. But, I'll, you know, I'll start off first with first down. Looking at it, Owen, I'll give it, you know, the, as the, uh, the play of the game, go with Scott Nelson's interception in that third quarter, right? Wisconsin driving down the field to start the second half, looking good. Alex Hornibrook throws that interception, and next thing you know, you know, you have uh, New Mexico in, you know, at, was it, at Wisconsin's 26-yard line. Sudden change opportunity for the Badgers defense again, which they thrived last year, and now they're thriving again. On that third down, Andrew Van Ginkle comes in and hits hits uh, the quarterback, Sherrion Jones. Scott Nelson comes up with it, nullifies any scoring opportunity. What was your play of the game? Um, for the sake of some... Uh diversity with this uh, I'm actually gonna go with a couple separate plays a couple deep bombs to AJ Taylor uh, had five catches today for 134 yards and a touchdown but I think those are the plays that Wisconsin needs to hit on a fairly consistent basis in order to keep defenses honest against the run game obviously Jonathan Taylor had 33 carries today the Badgers ran for over 50 carries as a team today uh, so Alex Hornibrook needs to hit and connect on those big deep shots and um, AJ Taylor made a few of those count today and and I think that's probably what allowed Wisconsin to 
uh, remain as steadfast in the run game as they did. And now look at that second down. It, you're, you know, we talk about game balls, talk about players, player of the games. Uh, you know, player of the game. It's hard to overlook Jonathan Taylor. I know he had that one fumble in the in the first half, which obviously would would have probably negated some points off the board. Uh, you can't guarantee it, but at least a field goal from what you saw there. But you have. Yeah, I, 253 yards, a career high, uh, you know, off of over 30 carries, three touchdowns, and, and a solid effort from the true sophomore, you know, and, you know, you mentioned career highs for A.J. Taylor, too. Those two, I think, are right up there. I'll go with Taylor. He does need to work on that fumble issue, and, I mean, we'll talk about what needs to change from there uh, going forward, uh, you know, in third down. But really, I thought Taylor did a great job uh, when he had the opportunity of bouncing back from that adversity early on. For sure. Uh, I think I'm my player of the game. I'll go with the other Taylor. I'll go with AJ. Again, um, he's been the biggest beneficiary to the um, attrition, for lack of a better word, at the wide receiver position with the Cephas legal situation and Danny Davis being suspended to two games. Uh, Kendrick Pryor played well in the first game as well and was pretty quiet today, but uh, Taylor has been the, the, the beneficiary. Ten catches, um, over 200 yards thus far in the season um he's had a couple drops which has been a, a consistent theme with him throughout his collegiate career moving from running back to receiver but uh i think again if the badgers are going to run the ball as effectively as they'd like to at a certain point they're going to need hit need to hit the long uh the long ball the chunk plays in the pass game um and with those plays not yet happening from the tight end position, uh, it has to come from the receivers. And, and thus far, A.J. Taylor has been the best at it. I expect Danny Davis to have quite a few of those opportunities as well as the strength of his last year as a true freshman, uh, catching uh, deep contested passes. But, but thus far, I think A.J. Taylor um, is really impressed. And I think, again, for the sake of uh, diversity in this segment, I think I'm going to go with A.J. Taylor as well. And on that note, let's get to some audio real quick, folks. Uh, we'll have... We'll play some from Isaiah Loudermilk making his return. That was a big boost for the defensive line. You saw him in some nickel sub packages uh, with, you know, when they went to like a 2-4-5 front there. But let's play, let's talk about his return. Uh, he'll just to talk about, you know, if there's any nerves on his part, uh, how the defense really worked past the, the first drive from New Mexico and, and go from there. So on that note, here's Isaiah Loudermilk post-game here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. I think I was good. I've been, I, I've been practicing, you know, the last two or three weeks, so it was pretty much, you know, just kind of like another practice, but in front of fans at Camp Randall, which is a lot nicer than making a practice. You said you weren't sure how many snaps you were going to get. They were kind of playing right there. I think you got 12 in the first quarter. Was that more than you thought? Um, yeah. It, well, it was. It was more than I thought, but I feel like I ha- like I handled it well. Well, my uh, my legs felt great. My knee felt amazing. It felt. It feels. 100% normal, so. Did you feel you were able to get some penetration? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like I was, you know, able to go out there and play aggressively and, you know, kind of try to live in the backfield. Were you surprised at all by that start they had and how good you feel about the defense coming back and playing um, the rest of the game? Yeah, I mean, I think we were all kind of surprised when they came out and, uh, you know, they were kind of driving down the field. But after that, we made some, some adjustments. How much of a challenge is an offense like this give you guys? I mean, obviously you have to stay disciplined, you have your responsibilities. Um, you guys see read option quite a bit, obviously, but with the amount that they can stress you guys horizontally as well, how much of an issue was that for you guys early on? Um, early on, it was an issue, but I feel like, you know, we all communicated well, and we were able to uh, 
figure out, you know, kind of what they were planning on doing and how we should attack it. So I feel like once we all communicated, we got it down. Say, at what point in the week did you know you'd be able to play as many snaps as you did? Um, you know, probably Monday. I mean, I felt good Monday. You know, it was just kind of a walkthrough, but I, uh, I've been lifting, you know, normally. Uh, doing doing sprints and stuff, and it's all felt normal. So I felt like I would 100, you know, be able to play today. Um. Well, at first, I mean, we weren't really expecting a whole lot of you know the option they ran at the very beginning, but uh, I think the back end did a lot of a lot of the adjustments. The uh, as a unit on the D line, you know, we didn't really have to make adjustments because, you know, we were just playing kind of the blocks we saw. But the back end did a great job, and whatever they did, adjust. But, yeah, the, the back end and Coach Leonard did a great job. Um, you know, that, that was a big one. You know, Scott's a, he's a huge playmaker for us, and he's definitely going to be along down the road. But that was a, I feel like that was a huge spark for us you know, as a defense to kind of get us going a little bit more. But that was a great play by Scott. How big was Caden's fumble recovery, sort of the butt fumble there? and then Um, That was a big one. I mean, kind of when that happened, you know, it kind of gave us, you know, a little more juice, kind of like Scott's interception. It, you know, as a defense, when stuff like that happens, uh, it brings brings a little more energy to the defensive side, and it was it was you know great for us as a unit. And, you know, as a D line, seeing Caden Caden come out with that fumble, it was it was a great feeling. Um, no, no, I I feel like I I was confident, you know, in our game plan, and I was confident in me, like myself going into the game. So there weren't any like really nerves. I didn't feel like I had you know had to dust off any rest. I felt like I could just jump right back into it. So you see him jump right back into it, like you're chasing down the quarterback and early on, like how did that feel kind of having that rush and you have that pass rush again? Um it felt good, you know, being able to go out there and actually pass rush against a, a different team, you know, especially in front of all the fans at Camp Randall. That's uh, it's always exciting when uh, when as a D-line, you know, we can just pin our ears back and go try to get the quarterback. And we're back. That was Isaiah Loudermilk, third down. Owen and I are talking about this now. Areas of improvement, right? Where do you see, Owen, I'll start with you on this. I think you and I are going to agree with this. What's the area of improvement for Wisconsin moving forward as they face BYU next week? Uh, I think ball security is a big issue. Um, Jonathan Taylor had a fumble, Garrett Groshek with a fumble. Uh, Hornerbrook threw an interception, which wasn't completely his fault. But um, moving forward, Wisconsin's offense doesn't necessarily lend itself to uh, plentiful opportunities with the football, uh, playing the time of possession, ball control game. Um, it makes that margin of error much thinner. Uh, when you the, the Badgers need every opportunity and every possession they have to score, uh, particularly in bigger games against tougher opponents like Ohio State or, or Penn State or Michigan, they're going to need to capitalize on every single opportunity they have to score, and they really can't afford to be giving the football away. Um, so while Coach Chris mentioned in the postgame presser, obviously these kids aren't turning the ball over on purpose. No one messes up on purpose. No one says, this would be a good time for me to fumble. Uh, something to, to, to clean up moving forward. I wouldn't say it's an area of concern, uh, but just something to continue to address and, and become more efficient at uh, as, as the year goes on, um, preparing for those higher profile games against uh, tougher opponents. 
Right, yeah, I agree with you there. Takeaways, uh, two takeaways there. Did not lead to any points on that note, which was good, but you never know against a better opponent. Let's get to Jonathan Taylor. Speaking of fumbles, but he did have, I said, my player of the game, 253 yards, 33 carries, three touchdowns. Let's hear from Jonathan Taylor talking to reporters after the game. Hey, John, what's the message from Coach Prest after the fumble? One thing is, how do you respond? He always talks about the game won't go your way the entire game. You're going to face adversity, but the number one thing is how you respond. Your teammates are going to need you. Uh, everyone leans on one another, so we all have to respond back from adversity. How do you feel you respond? Uh, I feel like I did, did some good things on the ground, but there are still some things that I can clean up. And that's why you work during the week. That's why you work all week to get to the game and put it into action. So I think the one thing is going to be uh, having a great week of work this week. Last week, when you lost a fumble, it was different circumstances, but I don't think you came back in. Uh, did you have any concern that that next drive you might not be in, or what did Coach that say to you? Uh, usually, after any drive, I'm just prepared for anything. If I'm going back in, if I'm not, I'm always ready to go in. Um, no matter when your number is called, you always have to be ready. Uh, whenever the offense has the ball, you have to be ready. So no matter what the circumstance is, I'm always ready if my number is called. Did you know today was a career high for you? I did at the end of the game. I did at the end of the game. Uh, that was a good thing uh, to get, you know, have a career day. But at the same time, you got to look at the film and correct things, you know, that, that are simple. Is there any rhyme or reason to the fumbling? To the fumbles? Is there a rhyme or reason to it? Is it? It seems like a different way every time. I mean, it's not like it's yeah. the same thing. And, you know, that's why you work. That's why you work all week. Uh, to prepare for different situations. You never know what situation is going to come up. But one thing that's always good is is looking at the film after a win and being able to correct things and, and put it into action during the, the week of work. And hopefully, you know, you hope those things don't happen going into the next game. How much time do you spend on that? I spend a lot of uh, time on it. You know, yeah. that's number one. You know, ball security is always number one. You can't do anything without the ball. So that's definitely something we're going to work on this week and going forward. Jonathan, it was a good day to have the last name Taylor out there. It was all—it was good. Uh, we know AJ makes ex explosive plays, and I'm just happy to see him, you know, explode and make plays like that. We see him do it all the time in practice, and having him, <laughs> having him do that uh, in the game and in front of all the fans and, and people back home that's watching him—that was really good. So it, it was a great day watching him do that. Michael Dieter said he felt like the defense was wearing down in the fourth quarter, which is what you guys obviously want to do. Could you see that from your perspective? Um, I can see it. You know, one thing we talked about going into this week was taking the two, taking the five. Um, lanes will begin to open up. So one of the biggest things was trusting your landmark, trusting your keys, and, and keep your head on the uh, nose on the grindstone. Jonathan, if you do put the ball on the ground the next time, a few times you carry it, do you have to fight the urge to be so protective that you're not running naturally? Aggressively. Uh, that, that can come up from time to time, but one of the biggest things is having uh, short-term memory. So you got to kind of flush it, but get back to your fundamentals, uh, things that you've learned and, and worked on during the week. And, you know, that, that can tend to happen, but one of the biggest things is having short-term memory. When that one went down to me, what's the first word that popped into your head when you lost? Uh, one of the first words that popped in my head was you know, fundamentals, simple. Uh, you know, things in traffic, going down, you know, just two hands on the ball, squeeze it, simple things like that. So that's what you're going to work on during this week. Was there anybody been asked about having a career day but fumble a lot? What do you take from this day? Uh, from this day, I take, you know, we got our second win of the season. Um, that's, that's number one. We, you know, we always want to win. And the biggest thing is what can I do to get better? 
Um, and I'm sure every other guy in that locker room is thinking, what could I have done better? So then we can work on it during this week coming up and get ready for BYU, and hopefully those things don't happen that we worked on this week. And then New Mexico took the big lead into, or a lead into the second quarter. Was there any sense of uneasiness on the sideline, or did you guys stay mostly level and just like kind of we got this? I think the biggest thing is staying level. Um, you got to trust your keys. You got to trust the coach. And uh, once you start diverting from the game plan, that's when things can go haywire. So I think we all just came together and said, let's continue to trust the game plan. Let's execute and stay strong. Did anyone in particular say anything to you after the fumble, whether it was a teammate or Coach Settle, to try and help pick you up? Oh, yeah, all the time. Uh, Chris James always comes up to me. He's like, you're good, short-term memory. Remember that kind of makes you refocus and, and make sure that you flush that play out and know that you have to you know, get refocused the next time you go back in there. Was there anything in particular that you felt like was working for you after that point that allowed you to set a career high for certain things? One thing was really uh, you know, trusting the landmark and, and pressing the holes. Uh, lanes are, we knew lanes were going to begin to open up later on in the game, so you had to keep pressing the holes hard and making sure that you stayed on the track. Mentality-wise, do you think about fumbles as you come into a game, or is it not even in your head? No, it's, it's not in your head. You can't go into the game thinking that. Uh, but then things like that could happen. So you really just have to go in there, trust in the work that you put in throughout the week, and remember your coaching points and all your key points and go in there and, and play the game. Are you sure the F word that you said was fundamentals? Was that <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> What type of recovery do you do after, after the game? Like, what's, what are you doing for the next hour or whatever? Just making sure that uh, cold tub, making sure if I got to go to the trainer's room, go to the trainer's room, um, recovery tights, uh, making sure I get the proper fuel in my body, maybe a shake or something like that, just making sure I take care of myself. Feel worn down at all today? I think you wound up with like 30 plus carries. I know that's probably not what we want every week. Yeah, I feel good today. Um, no, more than last week, more carries than last week, but uh, did a lot of work in the offseason, you know, to prepare for any situation and getting my body right. So I definitely feel good today. Wrapping up this edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast, folks. Here with Owen Reese, I'm Jay Kokorowski, and fourth down, our stat of the na- of the day. Owen, let's kick it off with you, and I think yours goes wraps around something similar that we talked about last week. Yep, um, I'm going to go with the key play here, uh, and I'm going to go with the time of possession game. So the uh, the first drive of the game, New Mexico had the ball, and it was a 17-play drive, and they held the ball for over seven and a half minutes. Uh, at the end of the game, they had a total time of possession of 23 minutes and 26 seconds. So that means that over the last 52 and a half minutes of the football game, they held the ball for 16 minutes. Um, that's incredible, frankly. Uh, and it's something that, um, again, we talked about last week. Wisconsin always controls the, the time of possession battle. Um, it's a narrative, but it's a narrative because it's true. And I think something moving forward, and it is what I just mentioned in third down, it becomes paramount that the Badgers take advantage of every one of those opportunities because of how often they do possess the ball despite not having a, a large amount of possessions. Um, so I think that was a big deal. Uh, obviously a huge adjustment from the defense uh, to, to do that, to have 16 minutes of time of possession um, for the final three and a half quarters after giving up the entire first half of the first quarter to the team. So um, I think that's, it, it's going to be something that you're going to look at the huge amount of yards that the Badgers had or um, the low amount of yardage that New Mexico had, uh, which could be another key stat. Um, but 
just the, Wisconsin being able to take over that time of possession. So really, they held the ball for 36 of the final 52 minutes of the game, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, I'm going to go with the number one as my stat, and it's a, it's a lot of firsts for this game. Uh, going forward, first off, yeah, Scott Nelson, a big interception, first of his career, probably of many, not to jinx him at all, but the fact that you saw the playmaking ability in fall camp, what he almost had won in his debut, his collegiate debut as a starter last week against Western Kentucky, gets one. Third quarter really nullifies the, the last, you know, the, the the big play from the from New Mexico there. And let's just give the defense before I even get into the first, other first. You know, the, the Wisconsin defense only gives up 211 yards total. We didn't we talked a lot of offense, but really that defense after giving up 87 yards in that first drive gives up 124 yards of the rest of the game, and, and you know forcing three turnovers that led to 21 points. Uh, kudos to the defense there. But my stat of the day is like first is first. So Taj Mustafa first career reception. First career touchdown pass from Danny Vandenboom, which is something we'll talk about maybe on, on Tuesday about Vandenboom getting some time. That was interesting, uh, you know. And, and Paul Christ alluded to it, saying that you know Dan, Danny was in a, during a press game, a post game press conference, talking about why Vandenboom uh, actually got in. And, and we'll play at the end of the show Paul Christ uh, availability at the end, just going through. Uh, the questions from the media post game there, but Vandenboom with his first career touchdown pass, first career completion and attempt. You had Madison Cohn with his first career interception uh, as well, and then also making their first starts of their career. Cole Van Lannen at left tackle, with John Deason basically getting a, a day of rest, a game of rest, and then also Adam Crumholtz getting his first career start too. So, um, but yeah, with that note, let's play with. Paul Christ availability at the end, uh, the, the, the post-game availability here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Was, uh, you know, certainly proud of the way you know, the day finished. And, and what's fun about the game is you got to play it and you got to earn everything. And certainly some of the, you know, beating the game is the number one. And, and you know, turnovers and big, big part of this game. And, and we had some early. Um, was proud of the response defensively, and yet you know I think the the big swing came on on Scott's pick. You know I think Gink had some pressure on it, and then the offense scores off of that, and then the uh, fourth down where uh, they're going for it on fourth down and get the fumble, and I think Caden recovered it and score after that. And but I was I was proud of the the response, the way guys individually handled things and uh, collectively and. We've certainly got a, a lot of work to do. Um, I think there's some good things that we can continue to find that we can continue to build on, and then you know we've got to eliminate some of those some of those things that got us in trouble. You know we had penalties on special teams, and that's never good. And and, um, and taking care of the football. Microphones on each side. <coughs> Jeff Paul. You, you mentioned guys recovering from early mistakes. Obviously, Jonathan did that. Mm-hmm. Run the ball better, but. Do you know, what do you do with the, the fumble? I mean, is there anything more you can do other than stressing ball security? Yeah, I mean, you're doing that. And I, I thought, you know, I'm anxious to see on the on the field, I felt, you know, we kind of lost Alec on, he had to cover for someone, and, and it was a it was a pretty good play. But certainly I'm not, you know what, we got to take care of the football, right? And, you know, Alex is stepping up in the pocket, and, Gets tipped, and you know all those things. Grosh had one at the end of the end of the first half. You know, I mean, those those are things you gotta. 
you got you're going to be in those situations again and you got to you know just work at it and what what you feel as a coach so you're not one of those guys is going out there and saying this is a good you know what I'm going to try to fumble right here you know and and so it's how I think the whole thing is how do you respond you know and and certainly part of that response is how do you practice and how can you put yourself in those situations that's part of the response but there's also a you know mentality of all right I've got to going to clean this up and and keep going and and then there's a response by all the other all the other players you know and whether it's the defense coming out or the offense how they respond to something and and that's that's playing the game Paul, how concerning is it with John that he can't get over this it's the second time now this year and after last year yeah you know it's it's something that you know he's we're going to work on and he, you know he's he'll continue to work on and and uh, he brings a ton to us. And, and the best part about JT is he'll, he'll work at it. Jason. Paul, did you guys do anything different defensively after that first drive, or was it just a matter of staying calm and playing better after that? I think there's a lot, you know, as you you go and, and come out and, and seeing it, and I thought, you know what, coaches, players did a nice job of, you know, you can make, you hear coaches talk about adjustments, and some of them are schematic adjustments, and some of them are, all right, this is how we play it, and this is the the angle that you got to take. And players do a good job of adjusting in the course of a drive and in the course of a game. So, I, you know, there's a little bit of all that that goes on in it, and and uh, you give credit to them. They made some plays, and you know, they converted on two, third and I think we had a third and eleven, and and they converted on it early in the drive, and then the touchdown was a third down. So, you know, you give them credit, and there's certainly things that we can look at and, and get better at in all fa- phases. Jason, well, I know you've been asked about Jonathan's fumbles, but what do you think allows him to respond the way that he does? What did you think of what he did there? And did you say anything to him after the, the fumble? Well, I mean, he's he's competitive and he he cares about this team. You know, he he doesn't want to do that. And uh, and I, I just like the way he, he keeps an, an even keel. And, uh, you know, he's he's competitive. He, you know, he doesn't want to do it, but he knows too that he can, he can, he can pay it back. Jeff, well, I think you alluded to AJ Taylor's ability in the opener to overcome a, a couple of balls he thought he should have had. I don't know if he, if he should have had the one down near the goal line today, but did he show again that he was able to put a play behind him that maybe he couldn't finish and make some plays for you? Yeah, I thought you know AJ was was big in a lot of areas, and and certainly, um, I'm anxious to see that one. You know that. Uh, Thought we certainly had an opportunity, you know, and and when you probably go back and look at it, and this is what's kind of neat about football is probably everyone can do a little bit better, you know, and 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 making that and, and those 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 add up, you know, touchdowns instead of field goals are big, and and yet I thought AJ did a nice job of just continuing to play, and uh, and and he was, like I said, came up with some big plays. Jason, he's a started slow offensively in his first two games. Are you concerned about that at all, or what's your work level there? I mean, the biggest focus and the concern I have is how do you help this team individually and and collectively get better? Back, Ryan. Paul, how nice was it to get Danny in the game at the end there and uh, straight in the back and have him through that touchdown and lead the offense down for that final score? It was great to get all the, you know, anytime guys can get in and play. And, uh, you know, it was good getting you know young offensive line in there, and it was good getting Mason Stocky in there, and, and defensively we were able to get some guys, and that that's always good. And uh, you know, those 
we talked about it probably more last week, but you know, for some of them, that's their first. And uh, Danny set the bar high. It's downhill from here. <laughs> Paul, are you guys planning to, to redshirt Jack Cohn this year, or is there a different reason Danny was the yeah, you know, Jack's had an opportunity to play and thought this was a good opportunity for, for Danny to get some snaps, and, and it was. Yeah, I, I didn't see if Deaton came in the game late, but was he not available today? Was that the decision that led to go with Cole and pretty much Cole? Yeah, he, he, was, he was dressed and, and ready should, should he need to, but also thought if we could uh, not play him, it, it'd probably be good for him. Because of the injuries? Or? Yeah, just keep him healthy. Paul, what was like uh, about what you got out of Loudermilk today, and then overall the adjustments in the front seven? After yeah, I thought you know it certainly was it was great to get Isaiah and and um, you know Xander back, and uh, I thought Isaiah he was really good, especially for his you know first first snaps, and I was glad to see Levi showed up and, and made some plays. Caden made a play, you know I think we'll look back. I'm pretty sure Matt had some. You know I thought we were a little bit more active up front and. Certainly, Isaiah was part of that, and it's uh, you know he's one of those guys. I think that that our team, you know, lifted up our team a little bit when you when you see him out there. Mexico's offense is quite a bit different than yours. How are you guys able to uh, replicate that in practice? And is that an issue um, to try to to replicate that as, as effectively as possible leading into the game? I think that's always uh, you know it's something that you try to deal with throughout the season, you know, and and that's. That onus falls on you know certainly coaches and, and how you prepare them and and that's where every guy on this team has a significant role and there's a number of guys that become the look team for the offense for the defense for the special teams and and I think that you know that's another part of, of growth that isn't seen by everyone but you know we've got to do a great job of learning how to practice and, and taking pride and giving the best look that you can and the, the details you know so that it's Certainly, it's going to be different on game day, but at least they've got a, a good idea of what to expect. And, and so I think you're always trying to, to, to work on and improve on how you practice. Jeff? Paul, I know they, they tweaked their offense in the offseason, New Mexico did, but when their quarterback started went out, did they do things differently than you anticipated? And did that either force you to do some things differently defensively or allow you to do more things defensively than you had? Yeah, I mean, you, you never, you know, it's not like you've got such a solid book on them, all right, here is with the starter, here is with the backup. And, and so I thought that, you know, you got to be careful of trying to reinvent the wheel, and, and yet you're taking it all in, you know. And, and that's why I thought that defensively, you know, coaches, players did a nice job of just kind of seeing how they were playing the game and, and kind of calling it accordingly and, and players adjusting accordingly. Jason, what do you have any update on Tyler Johnson after he went out? Nothing yet. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Owen, any last parting thoughts before we head out? Uh, just thought of it when you mentioned it. Uh, second consecutive game, the Badgers have knocked out the opposing starting quarterback. Uh, last week, Drew Eccles left the game uh, a couple different times uh, against Western Kentucky. And today, um, Badgers forced uh, Sherry and Johnson into the game as well, the, uh, the backup quarterback. So something to move forward. Uh, we talked about it last week, and then this week, I think, was improved the pass rush. It certainly uh, but something to look forward to that while the sack numbers may not be plentiful for the Badgers yet, playing two teams that play styles that aren't conducive to giving up a lot of sacks, um, I think it's something moving forward that that's worth watching that 
clearly the Badgers are getting quarterback hits, although the sack numbers may not be there. And moving forward, that should should um, prove to be beneficial to the Badgers. Obviously, um, they're getting there. The sack numbers may not be there, but it's a work in progress. And uh, with a lot of new guys playing in a lot of new roles, getting Isaiah Loudermilk will help, uh, back from injury will help in that respect as well. So. Don't fear Badger fans. The sack numbers aren't there. Uh, I believe they are coming. They're just not here yet. Right. Against these type of offenses, it's always tough to dictate. Uh, they did have, if I'm not mistaken, they had a, was it five or six tackles for a loss today. Uh, and they, they, like I said, they also turned, you know, forced three turnovers uh, against, you know, Sherry and Jones, who was the backup quarterback there. But, yeah, six tackles for a loss for Wisconsin, so they had a good, a good day on that end, uh, stopping the Lobos from New Mexico. But, yeah, uh, we'll be back here next week on Tuesday. Remember, Beer Rock, 2911 North Sherman Avenue. I will be down there. Another live show, Bucky's Fifth Podcast, Tuesday night. We're right next to Warner Park for you guys that live in Madison. If you guys are coming in from the area, stop by, have a beer, have a Beer Rock. I'll be down there. And that leads into Railbird Central with Brian Caribou, Cheesehead TV, talking Packers. So you have the Packers, you have the Badgers talk. Uh, it's good times all around. So, guys, make it out to Beer Rock once again, 2911 North Sherman Avenue, 7 p.m., 7 to 7.30, 7.40-ish. I'll be down there talking more Badgers and previewing the BYU game along with some player interviews from Tuesday. So, uh, for Owen Reese, this is Jay Kokorowski again signing off. You guys, have a great rest of the weekend. Wisconsin plays next week, 2.30 kickoff against BYU. We'll be here, Bucky's fifth quarter, and we'll record again for Bucky's fifth podcast.